Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Punish Show. DenverStiss.com. You guys are listening to the Denver Stiss Podcast Network, and you're listening to this on a Thursday. We held it off a little bit so I could take the time to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, I had a good one myself. I hope everybody else out there enjoyed their Christmas or their holidays or whatever they are celebrating this winter, even if it's nothing at all. Um, we had a kind of nice, though. It gave us a little break. We didn't have a lot. It's kind of weird. The Nuggets have only played like uh, a couple, a handful of games over the past two weeks. They've had a lot of uh, a lot of time off. We did have, though, a couple games that happened uh, last week that I still want to get to, that win over the Dallas Mavericks, and then, of course, the loss to the Los Angeles Clippers, the uh, worst loss in the Nuggets' seasons by a lot of measures. Uh, so I want to touch on both of those things. And then after that, we will we'll bring in Mr. Gordon Gross, and we will have him break down that Spurs game, and then we'll preview the next Spurs game as well as the upcoming game against the Sun. So that's going to be our show. We will uh, we will try and keep it nice and nice and sweet for you guys uh, on this one. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about those two games uh, from last week, starting off with that win over the Dallas Mavericks. So the thing, I know it's kind of hard to like even remember it now. It was so it seems like it was so long ago. But the main thing I remember um, about that game, or the main, the main point I took out of that game was, I think we really saw what we've been kind of seeing building up for a while, which is Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray as, as really the last two men standing uh, from, you know, from the Nuggets starters especially. And then really when you looked at the, the roster, the guys you expected to be the major contributors, those are the two that are really the only ones, last guys out there standing. And I think what we're seeing is they've really embraced it. You know, they've absolutely come into the the role of having to be Jokic, especially having to be a scorer, having to be aggressive, the team looking for him to put up points. You know, he really shined in that Dallas game in that role, and he was very aggressive from the beginning and stayed aggressive through, throughout. And that I think we've seen that now for a few games where he understands there's really no other option, right? There's no, there's no Paul Millsap, there's no Gary Harris, there's no Will Barton, there's not a ton of scoring punch out there not a ton of guys who are going to average close to 20 points a game a night like they normally have and I think he recognizes okay that means he needs to step his game up where he's normally you know a 16 to 18 point scorer now he's trying to get more into that 20 to 25 point range because he's got to make up for the uh, uh the absences and and he's embraced the role and, and I think the thing that you hope from Nicola as is that as these guys start to come back as Gary and Paul Will Barton all of them start to come back um you start to see him still be that aggressive player you know we've we've seen him plenty of times defer and and kind of take himself out of the game you hope that because he's got into this rhythm now of having to be the aggressor that he'll just keep doing that because the thing about it is that being the aggressor doesn't necessarily mean shooting a bunch of shots right not with Nicola at least it's it's far more related to him distributing being active in the offense making making plays directing other players and sometimes yes taking those shots especially when the defense gives it to him but what we saw like you know in some games in the past is where he would just if he wasn't feeling it or or whatever then then it wasn't even a matter of him okay I'm not going to shoot I'm just going to do other things sometimes it would be he just kind of would kind of fade especially on offense and and maybe not not be as active in the flow of things that that hasn't been as big of an issue this year overall I don't think but I think really these past few games where we've had him 
uh, as our go-to guy just because of the injuries. There's n- literally no one else to turn to. We've seen him um, blossom into that role, and so I'm just hoping he'll carry that over with Paul Millsap and Gary Harris and Will Barton, all these guys coming back. But the other thing I think that I've noticed, especially in that Mavericks game, was, was Jamal Murray has also really – really stepped into the light now, uh, specifically in, in, from point guard duty perspective. You know, he's, Jamal has always kind of been this combo guard, more of a scorer first. At least that's the perception, I think, from the outside. I think Jamal uh, has no doubts in his mind that he's he's capable of being a distributor and a point guard. He said that since day one. But again, when you don't have the playmakers on the floor and it's pretty much just him and Jokic, like he's got to, you can't just have him and Jokic score 50 points each and win every game, right? That's not how it's going to work. We know that. And I think Jamal is is making a more focused effort to, uh, to be more of that distributor type, to be the type of guy who's going to make plays for other because he has to you know i mean Wancho hernan gomez malik beasley monty morris these guys uh, i might actually exclude monty from this conversation he's quite the playmaker himself but those guys that those those guys are good they're they're good shooters trey lyles they're they, who by the way uh trey trey's have actually played very well these past couple of games which is nice to see but um murray is you know those guys aren't aren't the playmaker that Murray is. They're, they're, they're shooters, right? They're, they're guys you want to be operating off ball. We've seen uh, Malik and Wancho try and be more of a playmaking guys, try and take on more of that load, and it hasn't really worked well. But what we saw, especially in that Dallas game, I mean, Murray had something like 13 assists in the first half. Right, we saw him really take on the onus of being the playmaker, of setting up his teammates, of getting them open shots. And to his teammates' credit, they knocked those shots down. A lot of times, Murray or Jokic or anybody on that team will, will get a, a good, you know, make a good play for another guy, and then for whatever reason, they they miss the shot. That was really prevalent in the beginning of the year when they were they were struggling so much, especially with their outside shooting. We're seeing though. You know, it's it's kind of the chicken or egg thing, right? And there's and there's probably a little bit of both. Is it the guys just knocking down the shots, or is Murray getting them better looks at their shots, and that's what's giving them these these higher percentages? You know, it, it's probably a mixture of both. But I thought I thought he was really really special um, in that Mavericks game from the ball distribution standpoint. He really had everything everything working on that end. and then what was nice to see is him be able to switch that gear there in the fourth quarter as that was a tight game going down the stretch you know Murray went from okay now I'm going to stop focusing so much on distributing and now I'm going to just take the game into my own hands and try and score as much as possible and he did he did that excellently when we've seen that out of out of Jamal particularly last year that was a really uh really big part of his game especially down the stretch of the season he really came out there and and was kind of the Nuggets go-to guy in the fourth quarter and he doesn't shrink from that that spotlight right he's he is absolutely a person who's going to welcome that challenge and wants that challenge and wants to be the guy with the ball in his hands every night and you know late in the games and and when you got a guy like will barton who's also very very of the similar ilk uh when he's out you gotta you gotta find somebody else to be that guy because they, as good as Jokic is, you know it's it's not. I think he has a harder time turning that on like that. You know, it's Jokic is a guy who who feels like especially with the scoring, it's a lot more rhythm based. You know, once he gets rolling and he's getting some shots to fall, then he can really get get going and really do a lot of damage, as we saw in this Dallas game. But he's a guy who who probably is gonna have a harder time doing what Murray did, which is you know I spent most of the first half. And and in the third quarter, just distributing for my teammates, I wasn't shooting the ball that well. But then in the fourth quarter, I just flipped that switch and and got those clutch buckets. I think not 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 that Jokic can't do that, but I just don't think it's quite as as easy for him to do that uh, as it is Murray. So it it was really good to see him still carry that part of the game over that he has, along with the distribution that I was talking about, the playmaking, the uh, all the assists. I think he had something. I mean, he had a crazy like I think it was like 15, 16 assists in the uh, in the game. So um, outstanding performance by both those two guys. And I, like I said in that Dallas game, that was the. Uh, the big takeaway I had was those two guys stepping up with all the injuries and really becoming the players you hope they are, even when all these other guys come back. You're hoping these these moments that they're having right now will carry over because it'll just make them that much more potent, right, to know that they have those uh, those two guys. The only other thing I took away from that game was the technical call on Jamal Murray for hanging on the rim. It did one of the more ridiculous technical fouls that I have seen, not even the most ridiculous one though I saw this week, but you know, it's 
it was just very, very interesting call. And the thing that makes it more interesting is the guy who called it because it was Rodney Mott, who there's a history there, right? Rodney Mott is had, uh, I believe he's tossed Jokic from a game before for a fairly, uh, it seemed like a fairly unfair rule. I can't remember if it was Jokic or it might have been Malone. I think he t- maybe tossed Malone from a game, uh, and it was pretty, it seemed pretty flimsy. He was standing. The thing about hanging on the rim, though, was it was, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't, a, I didn't think it was emphatic. I mean, he did do a, a pull-up per se, which is which is embellishing a little bit, sure, but it, it seemed like a really quick whistle on that tee. And then the reason I want to bring it up is, of course, we know what happens in the Clippers game, right? Zach Zarba tees up Jokic in the second half and then right just does one right after the other. I mean, it wasn't even like he teed him up and then Jokic talked to him a little bit longer and then he said, okay, nope, you're gone. It was Jokic complained and it was just quick one, two, all right, you're done and you're out of the game. Now, obviously, that, that had been building, right? I know I'm not here to say that Nicole Jokic wasn't sitting there uh, arguing with the refs for a lengthy period of time or wasn't deserving certainly of one technical I thought he was I thought he was building up to that I thought he almost even wanted that just to get his point across like hey you know you're gonna if you're not gonna give me the calls you're gonna have to team me up but to give him two for what, what do they call it, an air punch um which is that, that what a bullshit I sorry for the for any children listening but that that's a garbage that's a garbage excuse for that call the, it to me it, it was very much a ref getting caught up in the emotion of a guy who's been complaining to him all night and a guy who probably has a reputation for um, for complaining amongst the officials, a guy who might have a reputation for flopping. We all saw Marcin's Gortat's uh, comments after the game, which, by the way, Nikola Jokic is not uh, the greatest flopper in, in the NBA or the biggest flopper ever in the NBA. That That is still absolutely – I mean, he's not – we could talk about guys like James Harden or Manu Ginobili, the father of flopping, Danilo Gallinari, former Nugget. I think there's a lot of uh, a couple of other guys you might put ahead of Jokic, at least in my mind, um, when it comes to who is the biggest biggest flopper ever in the NBA. But but certainly, you know, he's a guy who's going to embellish calls. We we've seen Jokic do that, and, and I think the disappointing side from Jokic's end is he's got to know better. Like, he's got to know that this isn't helping. And he does. He said this in the past. He knows that arguing to the officials doesn't help him. But he's got to find a way to control it and and be able to not put his team in a position like that when they're losing in the third quarter, when things are starting to slip away, when you really are like, okay, we're not going to make a run now. This thing's going to be over. The last thing you can have him do is get get – thrown out of a game like that and, and and I get it and it was Zach Zarba another referee who has a history with the Nuggets but at the end of the day Jokic has got to be better than that the problem though is he's caught in in between this rock and a hard place because he's a star player let's I mean that, that's not that's not up for debate anymore Jokic is the star player and the face of the franchise of the Nuggets and and their best player and he deserves to get some star player calls but how do you get star player calls? You got to work the rest, right? That that's like an actual thing. The thing that I think he struggles with is he's just not working in the right way. I think he's a little too aggressive with his complaining, a little too frequent with his complaining, and uh, you know, obviously, we can't really hear what he's saying. But certainly, doesn't seem like the refs are very receptive to his complaints. Where they are to some players. I mean, the refs for uh, as much as much criticism as they get, which is fair. They they will work with players and listen to what they have to say if you bring it to them respectfully. I think Jokic, one, there's the language barrier, so it probably is hard for him to express eloquently uh, his frustrations. But he also, I think, you know, being a young guy, being being caught up in the moment, sometimes just just is overly aggressive with the referees and then you run into situations like this where you got a ref who's got a history with the nuggets who's been getting jawed at all night and he's just gonna say no i'm not, I'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna throw you out i'm over it. and that's that is unfortunately his decision to make and there's really no uh no way to overturn that so you know Jokic has got to be a little bit more constant conscious of that conscious of of who the refs that are on the floor the relationships that he has with them that the team has with them and and then figure out the best ways to work those guys because it's not working the way it is now and and he he certainly is 
probably deserving, you know, of some criticism for the way he he interacts with the refs, for the way he he maybe looks to get fouled a little too much, um, and then when he doesn't get the call, instantly is is jawing at the referees. He's certainly guilty of those things. So it's 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 a matter of him kind of reining himself back in, I think, and then also understanding a little bit better the, the situation and, and, and the finesse and the grace uh, that you have to take with certain referees in order to get them to give you the calls that you want. Otherwise, you know, that Clippers game, I think the main thing that we saw was that the injuries had caught up with the Nuggets. Um, Wancho, Malik, Monty, these guys have all been great this season. They've played really well. Trey Lyles, like I said, has come on strong, and he had some good good moments in that Clippers game for sure. But we the Nuggets have got a little bit... Um, They've been very fortunate that those guys have played so well through all these injuries and have been able to provide the shooting and the scoring and uh, and everything that that you aren't getting because Gary Harris and and Will Barton and Paul Millsap aren't on the floor. You know this game it just really wasn't there for him and I think I think everybody kind of felt like man this game you you really did actually feel like the injuries uh, had caught up to them and, and were hurting them. Luckily, of course, they get quite a bit of rest now before the San Antonio game. So they um, hopefully will, will be rested and refocused. And we're hearing these guys are getting closer now. It's it's funny. It switches at first where we were hearing Will Barton was going to be first. I think Mike Singer of the Denver Post now just reported that it looks like maybe Gary Harris and Paul Millsap will be back before Will, which tells me maybe Will, they took Will to the next step in his rehab. And it maybe didn't just, he wasn't as far as long as they were hoping. So they said, that, okay, we'll dial this back a little bit. Because like I said, up until this point, it didn't sound, everything it didn't sound like Will Barton. I think Vic Lombardi last week had said, you know, we expect to see him this week. Now, of course, it comes out that he might be, according to Mike Singer, that he might be still two to three weeks. So, um, it's it's been it's been tough on the Nuggets, no doubt. It's got to be taxing on the guys have have played very very well. Um, but when you got a game in LA in, on an afternoon after you've had a full night's free reign before Friday night, nonetheless in LA, you know you 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 got to have your A game because because the Clippers they're not this is this is what they do every night. It's not like they're. You know they're not. Uh, LA is nothing different to them. So so it was just another home game for them. If you are the Nuggets and your bench guys, you know who maybe aren't quite as talented as your starters, aren't a hundred percent or ready up to the game. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just kind of speculating here because of, you know, we all know LA and a 3 p.m. tip on an LA game on Saturday could cause some problems for some guys. But you know if that was a case and they weren't maybe a hundred percent fresh, well it's really tough if you're not a if you're not a Will Barton, a Gary Harris, Paul. Millsap and you don't have that overwhelming talent to maybe just carry over uh, not feeling your best in that game or, or maybe being a little fatigued and so with these guys I think it, it caught up to them that part caught up to them and then just again they were they were destined for an off game the Nuggets were destined for an off game this is the first time the Nuggets have trailed by 20 or more points in a season it's the first time they really were blown out all year every team gets blown out uh, every year, including the teams like the Golden State Warriors, so it happens. But you know, it it, it you hope it doesn't. But it, it was they were, they were well past due uh, for a game like this. And so if it happens at a 3 p.m. game uh, in L.A. on a weekend when you've got three of your starters out, I think you that's probably you know that's that's the time you want it to happen because that's that's as close to a schedule loss or a injury loss whatever you want to call it it doesn't make any excuses obviously and if and if it was a matter of and again this is just me just speculating based off of you know that I, I I shouldn't I really shouldn't you know we don't really know whether or not the any of the, the Nuggets were out partying or in the clubs or whatever like that you, you don't know it could have it could have been a myriad of things but um obviously uh obviously LA games are tough on a Saturday afternoon, and so when that all comes together for them, it uh, you know this this is the time where you're like, okay, if they, if they're gonna lose one, it happens, and certainly it's no excuse to not be prepared for a game. And like I said, I'm not saying that they weren't, um, but it is what it is. We all know what the NBA is. Uh, we all know the way way NBA players roll when they're in LA. So. Um, you you just take it with a grain of salt, I guess. I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much in that. Clippers are a good team, as well. I mean, Gallo played well, Montrez Harrell played well, Tobias Harris played well. That's a lot of that's a, a collection of a lot of, of really talented guys over there who maybe no overwhelming stars, but 
if you're not going to bring your A game against them, you know they can they can get one over on you. Certainly at home uh, in this scenario, like they did. So I wouldn't read a ton into it. It was the the most disappointing thing, obviously coming out of it, was Jokic and the, and the ejection. The rest of it, I think, was kind of ancillary uh, to that point. So I think that's where we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up this this convo on those. Uh, next, we'll go ahead and bring in Mr. Gordon Gross to talk about the Spurs game. budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical. Welcome in, Mr. Gordon Gross down in Colorado Springs. Gordon, first things first, man. How was your Christmas? Christmas is good. Christmas is good. I uh, didn't have to work it, so, you know, that's always a bonus. There you go. That is. That is the best part uh, about Christmas. I don't, uh, I wasn't aware. Do you work Christmas often? Um, I work whenever I have to work, and right now that's pretty much every day. So not working <laughs> on Christmas was my third day off in two months, and I was happy to get it. Fair enough, fair enough. Gordon is out on the grind. I myself, uh, I've been spending Christmas down. I'm down on location here in Texas. Um, not in San Antonio, though, so I wasn't actually at the Spurs game tonight. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's some crazy... Uh, we always talk about the weather here on the Pickaxe Pundits. There's some crazy weather going on in Texas right now. Like, it, uh, currently tornado watch. So if I uh, just if you hear a large whooshing noise and suddenly I'm gone... You'll know what happens. Anyhow, uh, so all right, Gordon, let's let's get into it. The Nuggets lose to the Spurs tonight. What was it like? One eleven, one oh three, I think, when it was all said and done. Um, not their best performance by any means, but they uh, they at least made a game of it there at the end. Uh, Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, they those both those guys struggled pretty well. Pretty much everybody struggled with the exception of Wancho. I mean, Monty played all right. He shot the ball a bunch. Right. Uh, Malik played real well there down to the end, but up until then, he had just another guy just kind of shot the ball a bunch. Um, so it's uh, I I don't know. You know, I noticed this, I, and I was saying this just earlier in this episode. I know you weren't you weren't here for that segment, but I was saying how the Clippers game you really started to feel like you f- finally started to notice the injuries. Uh, and, and how they were hurting the Nuggets. I feel like back-to-back games now that was the case because we, when you don't have Jokic going, when you don't have Murray going, I mean, yeah, you get a great game out of Wancho, but it's just not enough. And when you're you're missing these this many guys, like it's 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 hard. They they Jokic and Murray have to come out and play great every night, or they're going to really struggle uh, to win. How concerned, I guess, Gordon, are you now that we're kind of starting to see these injuries actually affect the team? Well, it's it's concerning just because they have no more margin for error because there is no margin for error. You need good games out of um, Jokic and Murray every time out. And 
Murray is not a consistent um, performer. Uh, right. He's you know that that's just a product of youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't you can't count on Murray to be prime Murray all the time. You're right. going to get a game every five or six or eight games that is you know an indicator of things to come. But there's only so far those harbingers will take you. Like right. at some point, you're like, yeah, that's just great. But man, I need you to shoot fifty percent from the floor, and I need you to go out there and you know put down six dimes and twenty points. And he's just, that's just not. That's not his game right now. And and Jokic and Jokic isn't the kind of guy who's like, well, team needs me. Here's my forty point game. Like that's that's not his game either. Like tonight, he didn't score in the first what half. Yeah, it was it was rough. He he just passed, and it was great when Mm -hmm. they were making it. He had like nine assists and zero points. Um, but it's not enough. They couldn't pull away. They couldn't put the hammer down because you can't go on a run like that. It's very hard to go on a run if Jokic isn't going to score. That's yeah. That's just the way that it is, and on the road, it just it's not enough. They, I'm concerned by the losses that could happen before they get back to um, full running strength. Because getting just getting Gary Harris and uh, Will Barton back isn't going to be enough. Like right. those guys have to get back and get into game action, like get into game shape, get mm-hmm. into game readiness be able to play 30 minutes at, at full efficiency, and that's not going to be game one. Right, and they got to get integrated into, you know, into back the rotation the and into the system. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, which yeah. that takes a couple games. And so every single time a guy comes back, they're going to have to, uh, yeah, they're going to have to do deal with that. It could be, I mean, it's going to be an interesting upcoming month or so watching the yes. Nuggets kind of integrate all of these guys back in and, and see how that affects them i think right now you're you're basically just hanging on for life and just praying you know hey hopefully murray and Jokic uh play well because if those two guys play well you got a good chance no matter who you're playing um, you do and, but, and that's the thing when, when everything's firing i think you still need a third guy i think you need a night like right. this from wancho or right. monte you know or you're malik gonna, yeah or whatever but you're gonna you're gonna need those guys to step up with the extra scoring but you're Literally two thirds of the way there, if if Jamal and Jokic can get it going, um, right? But you gotta, you can't afford off nights. You can't, af- and and those guys are gonna feel that pressure, the pressure Absolutely. of you're what's left. You'd better make this work. Yeah, and I think what's disappointing about tonight is, again, I was just saying this on the earlier segment. Like, I, I you really thought in that Dallas game last week, I really thought, and, and the games leading up to it, that we were seeing Jokic just kind of take. Uh, take the 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 role of the aggressor because he, he had no choice, right? I mean, that was they don't have anybody else out there with all these injuries. And I was really I was talking about how you know hopefully he'll blossom in that uh in that role and then just carry it, keep carrying it forward as these guys start to come back. But now, kind of you get this game tonight where, like you said, I mean he he doesn't score in the first half. He only I think what he ended up with like ten points. Um, not and even. and granted, like I said, he was oh yeah, not even so. I mean he was dishing the ball. Um. But he just, it just wasn't there. And it's, it's really, like you said, it's really tough, man. If he's not, if he's not scoring, uh, the Nuggets on the road, especially against a quality, a well-coached team, a veteran team, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to struggle. And the other thing about the game that I noticed, you know, tonight that that he's got, Jokic has got to figure out, I mean, the the Spurs, the Spurs played him uh, aggressively. Playoff. They played him playoff hard. Right. Yeah. Right. And he and he didn't. He was not ready for that. Like there's just no other way to put it. He was not ready for that tonight, and it, and it, and it worked. And that's something that he's he's got to. He's just got to be better. He's got to be prepared for that, especially right now, because of course teams are going to play him like that. I mean, why wouldn't somebody play him like that? Like you'll take your licks with Jamal Murray, who yeah can go off like we said, but you know he he's just as likely to have a stinker like he did tonight. I mean, he's not exactly shot the ball well this season on the whole. So. I mean, if I'm coach, I'm looking at it exactly what the Spurs did tonight, and that's this how I'm going to attack plan. Jokic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that was really my issue was um, this was kind of a um, a throwback game, but not in a good way. This was right. this was a throwback game to Nikola Jokic looking at what's happening to him and saying, "Oh, they're sending up extra guys at me. I'll pass the ball." And he did. He had ten assists mm-hmm. tonight. Like he passed the ball. Um, he did. He made the correct basketball decision. And Jamal Murray said, well, I have the ball. I should shoot it. And so he did that, but he did it poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, shot, what, like 25% from the field or something? Yep, like, yep. you know, it, it, that's not good. You can't make four of 20 shots or whatever he made tonight. And and be just be uh, – it, it doesn't cut it. 
It just doesn't cut it. And so what the Nuggets had was a guy who doesn't like to shoot the ball anyway, who was pressed, the ball was pressed out of his hands. And this is what I expect teams to do to him in, in crucial games, is to say, someone else can beat me tonight. Um, it's not going to be Jokic, uh, and I right. can make it not be Jokic by running guys at him and then running my second rotation guy to the guy who's leaving Jokic, for Jokic. Right. Um, he- and that's what, I mean, Pop Pop is the guy, and he's played, I mean, he's coached with uh, with Nikola before. Right. Like he's 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 messed around with him in what was a basketball without borders, right? So right, yep. You know he he's very familiar with Jokic on and off the court and knows the kind of personality that he has, um, and that he's an unselfish player. And you can make those guys play the ball your way, and that's what happened tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially and especially when you got a guy like that, and you know that he's severe, his severely hampered in being that unselfish player because he's got so many weapons that are not available to him. You know, it's it's different. If you want to play that style against against Joker when you've got Harris and, and Barton and Millsap out on the floor, it, it's a little bit Correct. Di- more difficult to pull off. But in this case, you know, you'll take your, you'll let Wancho Hernan Gomez score 27 points. You're fine with that, you know, because that's, if you can get, keep Jokic from putting up points and if you get a catch Murray on a bad shooting night like they did, then boom, there you go. That's, uh, that's the recipe on the on the coaching side. On the other court, though, this was you know I've I've been a big I've been a big Malone uh, defender pretty much throughout uh, his career, including last season, where there were times I felt like I was the only person left on Malone Island. But you were definitely defending uh, him to me. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. This season, though, I thought he. I mean, he's he's done done a great job, but I think this game was the probably the first one where I looked at it and I was like, I'm not necessarily sure. The the rotations were just really really odd and I don't I, I mean obviously the injuries are play a factor in that but it was just I mean it's not like Gary Harris Paul Millsap and Will Barton and all these guys being out is is new now this has been been several yeah, games this in is a row game now one of that right right and and he, for whatever reason I mean he just went a bunch of weird ways we were talking about this right before we came on about you know Tory Craig plays the first full 12 minutes uh of the game Nikola Jokic plays basically the whole third quarter and then checks out uh, and the fourth and just never comes back. And, it, and, and, and it just, you know, the Nuggets actually had a chance there at the end. And I get maybe riding with the guys who got you there and saying, okay, let's see if the, the bench guys can pull this off. But I don't know. I mean, what did you think? Because I thought his rotations tonight were just really random. And it definitely did not work to their favor. Well, we talked about it being a throwback game. And this was a throwback game to 2016 Malone when he would forget to pull Will Barton for the entire second half of the game. You know, and just or forget that he has somebody on the bench he could put back in. You know, right. th- th- those were the kind of, of bench maneuvers that were happening. Um, and tonight he just, it's not even like he saved anybody. Like, it, everybody played about 30 minutes. Like, nobody got yeah. rest for, yeah, tomorrow's, played 31. For, for the next game. You know, so it, it was just a very strange rotational thing. You know, like everybody played, you know, Monte had about 30. Me, Beasley had 30. Craig had 34 minutes, which is a rule. Right. That's which, a lot for Troy Craig. Not happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a lot. And um, I don't, I don't, I, I say I don't necessarily understand like the thought process. Like Tory Craig, why, why does Tory Craig need to play uh, that many minutes against the San Antonio Spurs? A team. I mean, I, I get it. They got Demar Derozan, and and he's obviously uh, an, an elite wing scorer, but. Right. You know, I again. I mean, they don't. They, they they've played plenty of teams like this, and they haven't uh, had to rely on Craig on that much. And even if they've given him those big minutes, that that first quarter was just really, really odd. Because I think that Morris and Beasley are the only two guys he gets off the bench uh, there in the first quarter, and then basically rolls with with starters the rest of the way. Then he brings in Lyles to start the second, and it's just they they really they. Seemed like the Nuggets just had a hard time finding their flow uh, because it, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit different from what they they normally see. And then I think the other thing then at the end of the game that I mean, you tell me he pulls, so he throws the, basically waves the white flag uh, with about three minutes to go in the game. The the players to their credit do not uh, do not wave the white flag. They they keep pushing. Was it weird to you? I mean, they were down I think by like maybe twelve points there. Uh, at the three-minute mark, was it weird to you that he decided at that point, okay, we're gonna we're gonna basically put in Thomas Welsh and and Tyler Lydon and, and go to our bench, which is essentially you know conceding the game. I had to I had to check the schedule because I really thought 
that maybe I was wrong and they were playing the Spurs again tomorrow and he was trying right. to save some guys in the fourth. But they don't play until Friday. And right. yes, that will be a back to the first of a back to back. But you can't be saving guys for like three games from now. That's not how this works. Right. Like, you got to go play. And so I was very surprised to see them just call it quits. Just say, nah, that's that's fine. We're okay with taking the L tonight. That was that was a very strange decision for me. Um, and I know that Mullen won't put it that way. Um, I haven't heard his, his postgame yet. But um, it, it was a very strange rotational evening for me. And, and I, I think it hurt the Nuggets' flow. Um, I mean, also what hurt their flow was missing shots. But yes. really, the only guys who really, you know, messed up a bunch of shots, I mean, Jamal shot the ball terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Nikola Jokic didn't do well at one for five either, but he didn't take that many shots. Right. Um, you know, and then Beasley went eight for 19, and 19 shots for Beasley is a lot. He got mm-hmm. 22 points, but he did it on 19 shots. Right. Same with Morris, too. I think Morris had another one. He was like something like, what, like 16 or so points on 16 shots or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He had, like, yeah, 15 points on 16 shots. Exactly. Um, and so neither of them did very well. Weirdly, Monte shot fine from three. He just couldn't hit at all inside of the arc. Yeah. Um, well, if you look at it, the, the, that that was true. Weird to me. That was true of the team in general. They shot it better from the three point line than they did from inside the yes, three point they did. line. The three point line is, kept them in the game, and the two point line burned them. Yeah, all the all yeah. the twos they just couldn't hit anything. No, and it was it was almost I noticed it, it, it was weird. It was almost like you know because they've had so much rest, so you wouldn't expect it. It's almost like when they, they they had tired legs or something. They were leaving a lot of those, you know, Jamal especially leaving a lot of those floaters in the lane short. Monty I saw leaving some of those uh, floaters in the lane short as well. And, they, and it's they just rotated, they rotated slow and cut slow tonight too. Right. So they weren't really breaking for the basket the way you would necessarily expect. And um, uh, Jokic was weirdly slow picking up the double team that was coming to him. He would spin right. right into guys' hands all the time, like in this game. It was, it was, it was a uh, discombobulated. I will go with it was. It was definitely an out of sorts kind of a game. Yeah, um, it like they had um, too much rest and too much too much Christmas ham or whatever. Like it just that's what that's what I was wondering is because you know they had all this rest, so I guarantee you all those guys were given yesterday off, which is fine. I'm not I'm not here to say oh. Don't let these guys spin. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I get that, but I do wonder if that's if that didn't have an effect. You know, you get the day off. You're with your families. You're having Christmas. You're really not focused on basketball, which is like I said, as as the case should be. But then it's just hard. You know, it's hard to turn around then and come turn around, fly to San Antonio, uh, and and then and then play a game the next day. So. Um, well, I wonder. I wonder how much things, that affected him. That's what you need your vets for. Right. right now, they're playing basically zero vets. I mean, yeah. th- their their vet is Mason. That Blumley. is true. Yeah, like, that's that it. That's true. that's the guy who's the veteran presence. Which is yeah, which is which is obviously uh, obviously rough. So, yeah, I like I said, I I don't uh, I wouldn't uh, hold anything against anybody in the team for giving the guys uh, letting them have their Christmas, but I I do wonder if. Uh, that that just played a factor in it because, like I said, I mean, we said they I had so like much time off, it, yeah. but they they certainly looked tired. Yeah, yep, I would agree. All right, let's go ahead. Let's turn that. Let's turn the page. Let's go and and look forward to these these next two games here, uh, upcoming this weekend. Back to back, Nuggets will play uh, home against San Antonio, and then I can't remember. Are they on the road at Phoenix? They they got to be home, right? That wouldn't be well. It's the NBA. They could do something. It's the NBA, stupid. man. Like it, the the scheduling is ridiculous. So um, right there's, it, yeah, like Texas said, they, to uh, yeah, Texas to to Phoenix to whatever to Denver. Well, Texas to Colorado to yeah to Phoenix. I could see it. Yeah, they they are I at Phoenix. Yeah, they're not at home. Yeah, and then they're back home from New York, and then they're back home against Sacramento, and then they're, and they're back home against Charlotte. Yeah, back on the road for Houston, and yeah. then they go. To, what a dumb schedule. Well, uh, no, the worst part's going to be the the sucky one is the at Miami fly to L.A. for the Clippers. Well, fly. I think that's a home game. Uh, it's uh, oh, you're right. You're right. That one is a home game, thankfully. So now to go all the way to. I was like, that's gonna be the worst. You know what's really weird here? So now, uh, basically, since this that that Clippers game, yep. um, uh, that was that was what the twenty second up until the thirteenth of January. So almost a month, about three three little over three weeks there. The Nuggets will never play more than either two games in a row on the road or. Right, that's it. And then every single game up until they they'll have a four game homestand. They're starting on the thirteenth, but every single home game they immediately turn around and go back on the road. Uh, it's just the very next game. Schedule. 
Their whole January schedule is weird. It's a weird mix of teams. It's a weird, weird way to play. It's it's going to be interesting. Well, hey, nothing tops uh, going playing on the road in Portland, then in Toronto, and then following that up with Orlando, right? That's right? It. Yeah, I'm trying to just draw a big circle around the country. <laughs> All right, well, we're off on a tangent here. But so they obviously get the Spurs again now on Friday back in Denver. I mean, what do you what are we looking for? What kind of adjustments do you think that they make? Is it just does it come down? Obviously, you're you're going to Nicola is going to have to make that adjustment, like we were talking about with the way they defended him. But what else do you think they got to do here to try and get one over on the Spurs? Because to be honest, I think the Spurs are just a really a really tough matchup, at least right now, especially when you don't have Paul Millsap. Because, like, as we saw tonight, uh, Mason Plumlee, for as good as he's played, uh, struggles with LaMarcus Aldridge. And uh, without Millsap there, I think that's a tough matchup. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it just a matter of, hey, they got to hit their shots this time and, and Jokic just got to figure out how to not, uh, not pass out of that double team so quickly? Well, they first off need to hypnotize Jamal Murray and and tell him to, you know, remember that he can make shots, that his shot, that his joke is pure, and he should make some of these because man, he is leaning on these shots. It does not look good. These aren't. I don't know what's going on with his form, but I want him to get back with his shot doctor or whoever it is, and and just get it right because he right. he does not look like he believes he's going to make it, but he looks like he believes he needs to shoot it, and so those are that's a very bad mix of of uh, problems there when shooters believe they need to shoot their way out but it doesn't look like it's going to go in like you watch him pull the trigger and I'm always surprised right now when it does go in yeah yeah which is weird with Jamal because that's a guy who's obviously he's got such a good shot Right, it's, right. His form is pure, and you know he's a good shooter because the guy shoots ninety percent from the free throw line. Like well, you exactly. don't do that if you're not a good shooter. Yeah, no, no. His form is great. Uh, yeah, at the line he's great. Uh, in the game he's uh very mediocre right now. Um, you know what and- I wonder? I was saying, I just wonder because he was questionable, wasn't he? Like a couple weeks ago with something, and I'm trying to. Well, he got kicked in the leg was. again, man. Like I don't. The problem is, is. With Jamal, I never know how badly he's hurt because he always wants to play. So right. he'll never take time off, and he'll never take the rest to heal. So I, right. I don't know what kind of injuries he's carrying. He he played an entire season with, with like, double core injuries. Right. You know? So you're like, well, of course you can't get any, any uh, lift on your shot. You know, your whole abdomen is riddled with holes. Like, what are you going to do? So it's... For them, they really need Jamal to step up and and actually remember that he is a scorer. That would be useful, right? And then yep. they have to get um, they have to get Nicola to, like you said, make sure that yes, there is a double team coming. Yes, the smart play is to pass out of it. Sometimes you need to shoot it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You just gotta sometimes do that, and that's. Uh, boy, that's that's something a lot of guys on the team can learn. So I was I was looking back and through it. So you're right. He hurt his shin. He also had an issue with the forearm uh, yes. right around that time. And it makes so you like you said. I mean, because you never know with him. It does make me wonder if maybe he's hurt, and that's um, that's why he's struggling so much. Well, and he wouldn't talk about it, and he knows the team needs right. him because Gary's out. Right. Yeah, and, and, and Will Bartner out. Right. Like he he knows he can't go out. So he he could be playing on one leg. He'd be like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Yep. He's a gamer. Like that's that's always been his um his claim to fame. You know, if if you play all 82 games in a season in which you have double hernia surgery, yeah, you you get you get full gamer <laughs> points for that. That's how that Right. Works. Right. Nobody will doubt your toughness, but it does come to a point where you have to wonder like uh, how much are you hurting your team, you know, yep. to the point where it's like maybe we're better off. I mean, the problem is, is that means you're the problem is there's no one else Goodwin. to go to. Like, who's, yeah, so. who's better? You can't put Tyler White in these games and, and no. assume that this is going to go better. And you can't give, you know, Tory Craig 35 minutes a game and feel good about what's going on. No, yeah, like I said, you'd have to go to Brandon Goodwin. That's the only option you've got oh, left. Oh, obviously, yes. Uh, you yeah. know, how could we possibly skip the Brandon Goodwin? <laughs> Right, which is, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, um, better than Devon Kuhn Purcell, at least according to the uh, Nuggets' actions. According to the Nuggets, yeah, so. I was going to say. They, <laughs> they seem to believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's that's it's thing, it's man. one of those things we're just trying to survive, I guess. Yeah, and that's, that's really what it is, is right now the Nuggets are going to have to find a way to persevere, to uh, gut out a couple of victories, to the problem, it, it, the problem is, is that it, it's really painful tonight 
to waste those points, to waste right. 20 plus from Beasley and 27 from um, Wancho. Right. You know, in a loss, like you, you would if you just just brick it and let everyone take a rest. You know, but now you're going to ask those guys to do that again on Friday with hopefully Jamal making some shots, you know, and Jokic scoring. Yeah, and that's and that's, a, that's a tough ask. You're asking them to, you know, not at that point, you're asking them not to be bench players. You're asking them to step into the starting lineup and succeed as starters and bring it every game, which is one of the reasons that bench players are bench players and starters yeah. are starters. Yeah, exactly. This I was uh, I was talking with uh, good old Sean Walsh, and Mark Jackson over on Mile High Sports um, the other day. I'm not trying to big time anybody here, but uh, you know, I, uh, I I what what I said to to them, you know, was like, hey, the Nuggets have got a ton of really good. I was talking about the Clippers game in this case, but uh, you know, the Nuggets have got a ton of really good contributions out of guys like Wancho and Monty and Malik uh, and it's really helped them through these injuries carry that momentum but you have to understand like there, there is a reason these guys are not everyday NBA starters like it's because they're not as good as those other guys they're not as consistent as those other guys and at some point you know you had to expect this to happen and so now uh, you know it's it's a little bit rough to see it happen uh, two days, two games in a row. But like you said, I mean, they don't have any time to wait because you've got to get back. You got to get right back on this horse here against San Antonio, and you got to go out and play because whether or not you're you're a bench player who's in a starting role or or whatever, you know, the games are still going to be played. These these wins and losses still count, and yep. they've got they've got to get it together because it's. You know, I mean, uh, yes, they're still sitting in first place in the Western Conference. They're still two up in the loss column on everyone else. But it doesn't take much in in this tight of a conference, you know, to quick a couple a, a losing streak. Losing streak would be a horrible thing. Like, right. Yeah, it's it's just too tight. And and this is where you need your coach to make those adjustments. This is where you need to say, okay, now you know how the Spurs are going to play you. What is your answer? How do you counter? Yep, yep. It is almost like a, we get like a, like a mini little snapshot of what Malone might look like in the playoffs right yeah. now. You know, yeah, yeah. How this is he going to adjust? Two. Let's go. Yep. Right. Yep. It's going to be a, yeah. So it'll be that, that. I didn't even think about that, but that's really that's probably the number one thing I'm watching. Um, I will put that in my preview. <laughs> there you go. Main thing I'm watching on Friday. Um, so of course they've got that. They've got the tough game there against San Antonio. At, at least it's at home. Denver has been in general very good at home. Uh, this season, they immediately turn around, go down to Phoenix. I guess if you're going to play a back-to-back, Denver to Phoenix is probably about the... That's about uh, the best you're going to do, yeah. Right, right, other than a home-and-home. Home. So, um, so I mean, obviously a back-to-back is, a, is still a back-to-back. It's a tough game to win. Phoenix is terrible, though, right? I mean, they're 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 nine and, what, nine and 26, I think, is on the season right now. They've so, been better. That's yeah. true. They have they have won. They have been winning uh, as of re- recent. What are they in their last ten? They're they're five and five. They're five hundred in their last ten. Um, and currently, I don't think I can see the streaks here. But they've been better. But isn't it? Would you still call this? I guess a trap game. Um, in what sense? Which like which game is a trap game? The Suns game because you're still playing the freaking Phoenix Suns. Um, is that you expect that you can just roll in there and do whatever you're going to do? Well, that, in that you should be able to go in there, even though it's on a back-to-back, you should still be able to go in there, take care of business, and get a win. I would I would say it's not a track game just because it's not like you are uh, – the, the next game is, is the Knicks. So the next game is not Houston or – you know Gotcha. What I mean? You're not, like, overlooking them. You're not I, overlooking I them, and you may have just lost to the San Antonio Spurs twice in a row. So. Right. <laughs> If you're on a three-game losing streak, you're not overlooking the Phoenix Suns. You're looking to get healthy right. against the Phoenix Suns. That's when you look to punish a team. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I don't you care if you're tired or not. You look to go in there and, and take care of business. You're not overlooking them. So I don't consider it a trap game. I just They need to have enough bodies who are, who are ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, third game in four nights, you, you've got – you're having to use most of your um, useful bench players um, for a lot more minutes than they're used to. So, yeah, it's going to be – um, tired legs, and you better drive the hoop. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that the San Antonio Spurs game winds up being a win. Then you can go into Phoenix 
and you just make a layup line going toward the bucket and you win that game. Right. You know, because for for all that they can do, uh, you know, Aiton's not a he's that's not his skill set yet. Yeah, yeah, he's not a rim protector. That's no, that's that's that's, that's not what he does. Uh, so you don't have that. to worry about you know going in and um, you know back cuts are there. You you you're not going to get stopped guard plays. So um, right, you hope you can take both of those. Like that's the goal, and that should be the goal. That's what that's what Malone should be preaching on the plane. Like we're literally on the plane back. Go take care of business against San Antonio. Then we have to go down and beat up Phoenix, and we're right back on the horse. Yeah, exactly. Take care. Take care of your business at home, like yep. you should. Yep. Uh, and then go beat a bad team uh, like the next should. day on the road, like you yeah. should. And then if you'll you're, be, if you'll you're be the number one team in the West, then the Phoenix Suns don't trip you up. Exactly. Exactly. And neither do the San Antonio Spurs at home. To be honest, that's also you know, true. That's that's just kind of the way the, it goes. The Spurs so. have made the, the now the Spurs have made their bacon at home. They they are always mm-hmm. good at that. Um, yeah. And they, they lost maybe what five games all year at home so far. So. Right. That's I expected that to be a tough game in San Antonio, and Denver historically plays very poorly in San Antonio anyway. Right, right. You know, but now you have the chance to take it back. You you expect to split the series, so go split it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Go split it, and then like then like we said, take care of business against Phoenix, and I think you're fine. It's it's interesting because we've seen so many times. I've I've pretty much moved past the point of being like, oh, you know, Nuggets have passed. This is a game they would. This is a moment where they would maybe drop two in a row here and go suddenly go on a three game losing streak. Like I'm past that of looking that. I think this team's shown uh, enough times this season that they're not the same team they were last year in terms of the, that that kind of mental preparation. Right. But at the same time, man, I'm still nervous. Like I could still I could still definitely see him dropping. Well, at any of these times, games. man, it can happen. At any of these times you run into those, well this would be the time if they're gonna do it, it's right. set up for you to do that. Right. Absolutely. All right, we'll tell you what, we will go ahead, we'll call it right there. Um, appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, and letting us wait till after Christmas to get this one up. We do apologize. We'll be back on our regular schedule uh, next week. Make sure you guys are following all of us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Of course, follow at PickaxePundits and at Denver Stiffs. Uh, we are over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. On Facebook as well. Give us a follow and a like there. Make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, best place to get those pregame and postgame press conferences. And make sure you're also subscribed to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher. I don't know. Gordon, and what's another really, podcast? I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I have an iPhone. I listen to it on iTunes. Um, but we do would appreciate if you guys could subscribe and leave a rating. You guys have been doing awesome. We've definitely... Uh, seen a lot more listens as the as the network now in our I guess this would be our second month now um, in the well, third month I guess technically we started in October so it's been awesome uh, we appreciate all you guys listening and following along to not only to the pick exponents but all the shows on the network it's been uh, it's been really cool we're glad you guys are enjoying it alrighty Mr. Gordon Gross I appreciate you coming on sir absolutely good to have you and um, hopefully we get a couple wins coming up all right everybody we'll talk to you next week.